Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Very excited today. We have this gentleman over in Texas area, Houston. This guy I met several months ago back at the Clever Summit and really just blew me away with the different type of opportunities. Like a lot of people are doing Airbnb, right? This guy has really mastered the game and the software, the technology, the systems, the team behind everything to really be able to make this like not the average, like, you know, he's doing this to a whole different level. I love the idea as well that he is taking apartment buildings and converting them into basically almost doing a burr strategy, but turning them into Airbnb short-term rentals, right? And being able to also get a bunch of other people involved with NFTs, be able to really be able to get shares involved, like investors to be participating at any dollar amount which is just unbelievable. It's something really revolutionary. It's something new that's coming up. You're going to start seeing more and more, but it's opportunities like this and and creators and entrepreneurs that start this stuff up, run with it. I'm just so thankful that TJ is running with it, but he he's the guy that you want to be focusing on when it comes down to investing with some kind of strategies during short-term rentals, right? So really excited to be able to get your time today, TJ. What's happening? How are you? Good, 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 man. Appreciate y'all having me. Thank you so much. Just yeah. gearing up, just gearing up. You know, we got some, we got some exciting things in the works. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. To say the least, bro, you got an event coming up that you're talking about Airbnb and really setting people up for tremendous success, step by step, and everything on August 19th and August 20th in Houston, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. That's gonna be an H town. Okay. Um, conference, uh, the Rentalpreneur Summit. It's uh, going to be a definitely unique kind of a uh, event. We're going to be focused around a short-term rental space, but we're going to be covering kind of all campus of real estate because we're going to get people there and let them leave equipped on not only a strategy on what to be doing right now in their business, especially yeah. the current market, but actionable steps as well. Um, this will definitely be a life-changing event. I love it, man. I can't wait. That's awesome. So talk to me, where did it all start for you? Like why real estate? Where'd you get the education? What inspired you for Airbnb? Give me the backdrop. Man, it's just, it's just, it's just always interesting. That's why I love hearing people's stories because that's how we connect with people. And because everybody's stories is unique, right? And my story, you know, from a young kid from Nigeria came to this country when I was eight years old and five, four siblings. So it was the five of us. My mom raised the five of us. And I was the first in my family to go to college. I'm a middle child. So I have two older brothers, two younger sisters. And it was an interesting time. And I always kind of knew that I wanted better for myself. And I always wanted to make my mom proud, especially watching her. And so interestingly, I found a way to go to school because times was hard at the time because we weren't necessarily afforded the same opportunities most kids were because we weren't citizens, right? So we weren't for the opportunity to go to school, like we couldn't even get a loan to, to go to school. And so I ended up going to college because somebody took a chance on me, was getting paid under the table, working at Foot Action and selling shoes. But I became like one of the best shoe salesmen because all I needed was just the opportunity. 
Yeah. So I'm one of the best at that. I love it. And so and it was always interesting because at the time Jordan retros were always so crazy. Like this is when people were standing behind to just to wait on these retros. And it was interesting because I would have these customers that would pay me five hundred dollars a pop was what I would charge just to hold on to their shoes and have to stand in line. Now this didn't have anything to do with the cost of the shoe. This is just to hold the shoe. Wow. <laughs> so, Let's go. <laughs> So I always, you know, I would always finesse and try to make extra side income. And I would take like these Jordan apparels, like all the Nike Jordan apparels, the ones that would go out of style per se, like just the yeah. style came out with a new new design. Um, they were calling a crazy discount. Then I had my employee discount at an additional 50% off. So I was buying them for like five bucks, but they retail for 60 bucks. So I was clean up the entire store. I bought as many as I can whenever those sales came on. It happened twice a month. Then I would take them back to the dorm rooms on campus and I would flip them for 35, 40 because they retail for 60. Yeah. Wholesaling those products as well to generate additional income. This is how creative I couldn't get because I couldn't get just a normal job like anybody. I couldn't walk into McDonald's and get a job. You know what I mean? I could. So I had to finesse and get figure out ways. But this is how I was able to pay my way through college. So I did this for six years, end up working in oil and gas when I graduated, put myself through school and uh, my boy said that, man, I watched you hustle through college. Now, you should read this book. It's for like entrepreneurs and it was rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I read that book. I said, man, I need to own some assets. And yeah. I, you own assets ASAP. Get me off this boat. I was on a rig. That was my job. I worked out on the rigs. I worked on this subsea installation vessels. And so that was the same mindset that I had right after reading that book. I was like, damn, I just the, the urgency is, is right urgency. there when you read that book. It identified. Honestly, that's when I knew it was low key going to be real estate. Yeah. And so I knew it was going to be real estate for me. And I bought a Clever Investors course. I bought Cody Sperber's course. Yeah. To, to start learning about uh, real estate. And he was teaching wholesaling stuff too. He was doing all that. I remember when I closed, when I bought that course, within two weeks, I closed my first wholesale deal. And so I was doing Within your first two weeks? My first two weeks. I did Let's go. And it was interesting because a lot of times, working offshore i was on call so i was gone working on these rigs about 60 percent of the year it's almost like uh two weeks on two weeks off type of thing right roughly i would hope i would hope for a schedule like that like i would hope I was <laughs> but it's on. never like that never like that i was more so called i just went out as the project required sure so i would hope oh man it was gravy because at least i would have been able to plan so yeah. because i wasn't really able to plan i had to get creative instead of calling home and waiting for the phone lines to clear up and calling home. I would be on the phone with sellers trying to get properties on the contract. You know what I mean? So, so that's what I did. And so then I was laid off in 2017, June 1st, 2017. I was laid off because I had a goal. I wanted 10 single family homes. And, but um, when I was laid off, I had, I had hit five. So I wasn't quite where my goal was at the time, but I decided to go all into real estate. Yeah, it's something though, which is good, right? Absolutely. I almost went back into the workforce. Like I took the GMATs, did pretty well, actually. Was supposed to go to Rice to get an MBA. And so, but I decided to just go all into real estate. And then I found short-term rentals. Wasn't, wasn't even looking to get into short-term rentals. I saw a video about how much you can make more on Airbnb than traditional rentals. Yep. Like, what is this about? I had a single family house. I was going to make a traditional rental. After the rehab, I spent an extra 14000 furnished it. I listed it. I didn't think I was going to get bookings. I thought I was in uh, over my head. Um, I put everything together. I furnished it, designed it. I put every single piece of furniture together on their property. It was a three-two 
I listed it. I didn't get a booking that day, but I woke up the next day with two confirmed reservations. And when I did the math, I knew that this was a strategy I needed to sink my teeth into. Oh. And we're here now. I love it, man. I love it. So what does the portfolio look like right now? And I mean, it's been a couple of years now. You've been rocking and rolling with it. I would love to hear some of the hurdles that you've come across. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, trust me, every kind of mistake that there is, I've made them. Yeah. Uh, and that sounds like me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, I am one that would be considered a landlord host, meaning I own my short-term rentals. So whether you own a property and you live in it and you rent out a, a bedroom or something like that, or whether you own an investment property that is solely dedicated to as an investment property, yep. you are a landlord host. Then there's rental arbitrage, which means you're yep. renting the property. Then there's co-hosting or management means you don't own it, you don't rent it, you're just managing it. You're facilitating somebody else's right to be a host. And you're just managing it for them. So quick, quick question behind that, not to cut you off, but when it comes down to the management, what are some of the fees or percentages that that you can anticipate? Absolutely. So really, when you do a co-host play or management play, the going rate is usually about a 25% to 75% split, 25% of top line revenue, gross revenue. To the the, uh, short-term rental investor, the management company, the 75% to the landlord. What's interesting is that Regardless of how, what strategy you do to get into this game, I show people how to build the right infrastructure, right? This way, it doesn't matter which way you do. You can be an owner, you can be, you can do arbitrage or whether you manage somebody else's. It's the same infrastructure that you need, right? It's the same. It's, that's why I tell people the value in this business is not an Airbnb. It's not a yeah. it's not a booking.com. The value is in your systems, in your infrastructure. This way, you could be dangerous at all three. You'd be able to analyze a property that you can purchase and run as a short-term rental. Even if you want to do one that you're renting, you can run it that way. But it's the same infrastructure that you need. Even if you want to manage somebody else's short-term rental, either way, you can still make money in this business. That's why the most dangerous short-term rental investors right now are good at all three. And that way, you have more options of what you can do in particular markets. right? Maybe, yeah. your, market, maybe your market limits the number of short-term rentals that you can have in your portfolio, right? That you, okay, well, maybe it's good to partner with other landlords in that market and just partner with them and scale that way, right? Yeah. Because you have the infrastructure. That's where the value is in this business. I love it. Where are you at right now? And do you prefer to own yourself or do you prefer to to co-host it and manage? Uh, I'm a massive proponent of ownership. You know, ownership is definitely the goal. And I love ownership for multiple reasons. Ownership is definitely my favorite one. Because my best yields are come from the ones that I own. Yeah. Yields, right? The the ones with the best margins come from the ones I own. So I love the ones I own for that reason. Secondly, is your property. You control it. It's your you call the shots. Yeah. Right? I love being the shot caller and all the, you know, when it comes down to your property, you want to make the decisions, the moves yourself. Yeah. And even though you're owning it, you can still leverage OPM to get these properties not only funded, yep. rehab and get your furnishing funded as well, all in the same process. I mean, you could still get, so that's why I say, look, get into the game. Whether you're going to co-host somebody else, you're going to arbitrage, that's perfectly fine. But the goal should always be ownership. Whether you scale the ownership by doing what I did, by doing simultaneous work, I was doing the birth strategy. I was buying rehab and making these properties beautiful to own them. In the meantime, while I'm rehabbing, I'm still leveraging arbitrage as well, securing leases with landlords with apartments and furnishing these and doing burning both ends of the candle and still leveraging OPM on both sides. Right. Yeah. And so you do something like that, 
right? Or go from phase one to phase two. Focus on one strategy. You know what? I'm going to focus on arbitrage. I'm going to focus on co-hosting. Scale that, right? Focus on that. Scale that. Get that cash flow deposit every month. I always like to say, get to that cash flow goal every month. Whatever it is, you know what? I want to get to 20K a month. All right. How many units does that look like? Because quality does not always mean that it's quality. So in this business, people mistake the amount of units that you have as the flex. Oh, yeah. No, that's stupid. Yeah. People always associate the amount of units that you have with the amount of money you make. Yeah, look at that bank account. That's where it's at. We have just a fourplex and then a a duplex, but basically a a bottom unit that we rent out. And the the amount of income comes that comes in versus, I mean, we're pulling in 25, 30K in some cases on a monthly basis. So so that's a big difference in comparison to, you know, flexing with a a lot of headache with 25. uh, Uh, Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's the the flex. So you get it. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the facts. And so I love that. So people always associate that. But I like let people know it's always about quality, right? Focus on quality. And, um, and your goal, like you said, you know, like have that number in your head of like, what is that true goal that you're trying that to hit? Goal? Exactly. What is that true goal, right? And map that out and then shoot for that goal. And once you get to that goal, boom, now you've created pretty much a down payment every month, right? Then yes. now go purchase that property, right? Yes. At the end of the day, the goal should always be ownership. Regardless of regardless of how you how you get to it, but that'd be my recommendation for sure. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, ownership, doing the birth strategy allows you to really set that stuff up for success. And then just like I think of it as almost icing on the cake when you get to keep it, plus be able to burn it and do Airbnb and just skyrocket it, get all your money back. I mean, sky's the limit. Um, so talk to me about some learning curves. Anything oh. that you think the listeners could really take away today? So that they don't make these same mistakes. Man, first of all, understand that not all money is good money. Not all money in this business is good money. You know, I'd, uh, I'll tell you a time. It was May 2018. I was this is my this is this uh, at this time I had four units yep. uh, as a short term rental, and this happened to the second unit I set up. This is an arbitrage deal in a one bedroom apartment complex in downtown Houston, Texas, and I was like, hey, you know what? I was 99 percent buck pretty much. I only had one day out of the month left to be 100% occupied for the month. And I wanted to flex. I wanted to I wanted to 100% occupied. I wanted to take the screenshot. I wanted to post it in my story. I wanted to big flex. Yeah. You can see that, hey, I'm out here 100% booked. Get this guy head. stays busy. I'm out here busy, busy. <laughs> He's yeah, getting yeah. that money. So I'm out here getting to it. So do want somebody want to book it? I said, I hardly was like, honestly, the way he was even talking didn't really sit well with my spirit. But I was just like, <laughs> Hey, it's like, you know, in your gut, this I isn't the best one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I, it, 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 something didn't feel right, but I was like, you know what? 100%, here I come. I'm going to get to the 100, 100, you feel me? Yeah. So so I said, he, he said something about how he's coming in towards a view of H campus. He's just trying to crash for a night, something like that. And I said, cool, no worries. Go ahead and stay. I gave him the check of instruction. Cool. I'm out here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Because screenshot in there, call the night, and then you start getting blown up in the middle of the night. What? It was it was about 12:30 in the morning. Yeah. I, I was actually out watching TV. I was chilling. And so I'm getting blown up by concierge at this apartment complex. That's a security guard, the concierge. Yeah. I'm getting blown up. And he's like, yo, uh, Mrs. Johnny, I don't know what's going on at your unit, but there's something going on at your unit. 
This is very important because this is another reason why you need to do business the right way. You need to make sure that the people that you are doing business with, that you are able to sleep well at night because yes. they know what you're doing. You're not flying under the radar. Right? Yep. Learn how to do it the right way. And yeah, full transparency that, with full everybody. Transparency. Don't, yeah. It's going to so come out can, one way or the other. And, and honestly, this could have went so much worse if I was flying under the radar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this oh, was yeah. a tragedy. So, so he said, Mr. Johnny, there's something going on in your unit and this is some craziness. And I said, and he said, well, um, I'm getting all, he said, I'm getting all kind of calls, like all kind of calls. And I said, well, wait on me. Cause I only stayed about 10 minutes from there. I said, I'm on my way. So I hang up the phone with him. I look at my camera, look at the doorbell camera. Now I know this is blacked out. I'm like, dang, stupid cameras acting up and when i really need to look at it but then when i looked at it i noticed that you could still see like the dot like the red like uh, it still it still has the recording so i'm like they covered up the freaking camera yeah <laughs> they covered up the camera i said oh lord let me get over oh my god what are they doing <laughs> I pedal to the middle i'm getting yeah. to the spot man so me and the security go oh my god now this mind you this is a one bedroom apartment complex there's a one-bedroom apartment complex. But nice. What's the square footage in there? Yeah. Oh so maybe $650, 700 yeah. I feel like I got a similar story along the lines here. <laughs> I already know where this is headed. When we got off that elevator, the sea of people in the hallway, not even, I'm talking about just the hallway, ah. the sea of people, I was like, what the heck is going on? And the neighbors were coming out like, what the heck? And they were slamming it or they were mad. And, and they were looking like, what the heck? Neighbors were just standing looking at everybody. And this, they thought they just have a full on party. You walk into the unit, it's happy birthday. They done read all over the freaking, they have signs hanging up. They covered up the smoke detector. They covered it up. They had the weed going on. Yeah, you got Snoop Dogg concert in there, liquor nachos, everywhere. Nachos in a, they had a crazy pot on the stove. Nachos going crazy on the pot. Uh, <laughs> all crowd of crazy. Aaron Costia is like, get out, everybody, get out. You know, he had a security bad shirt on. So he was like, everybody got to go, everybody. I'm on the phone with Airbnb. Airbnb's getting involved. He's trying to call. It. Oh, my God. Were, were they listening? Were they moving out? Yeah, they were moving. They were, they were heading out. They were getting out. They were getting out. Oh, man. Uh, See, my, mine's, mine was similar in, here in San Diego. And uh, they ended up putting it as a party, another 650 square foot, you uh, know, small unit and they they told us that they were just coming in at you know a, a staycation him and his girlfriend and i was like staycations we don't do anymore but <laughs> but they ended up throwing a party they put it on social media yeah we had 250 people show up throughout the night and they set off they weren't leaving when i came over and they were trying to like just hold tight for a minute we finally got them out an hour later and then they all just hung out outside on the streets in this I mean, it's like a B plus, you know, class type of neighborhood, very, you know, wow. just high end middle class. And they let off fireworks in the street. People had car accidents right there, like stupid things. We had six neighbors calling the police. It was crazy. No, crazy. <laughs> I can just imagine. I feel the pain. I feel you. I feel I feel that pain, too, man. So you can imagine learning curves, right? We learned a lot both from that experience, I'm sure. So so what was the aftermath for you? Like what happened afterwards? Did did they ban you? Say, hey, no more on that uh, property, or what? What was the I had, play? A, I, had a, I had a very, very interesting conversation the very next day. Um, that that morning, I went back up there at 730, talked to the front office, and they actually just put me on like a probationary period. Right. Nice. But they allowed me to stay. This is a man, remember, another reason do good business with good people, right? Yep. Everything's done on the up and up. And because everything hasn't gone 
amazing before that. Everything was going amazing before that. So they knew that it was a one-off, but they were also like, man, it was bad. Like the It was a bad one-off. Like bad we one. never want to have a second one-off. Yeah, like if anything remotely happens again. <laughs> yeah. And it was especially hard because they were in a tough spot because a neighbor wanted us out. The neighbors wanted us out. They were yeah. for us to get out, but they still gave us a second shot. That's awesome. I love that. Was there any type of damages or anything? And if so... Um, Thankfully, nothing crazy that can okay. or just a couple of small holes in the wall. But those were easily fixed. That's just sheetrock, but nothing crazy. Thankfully. Did you go through Airbnb to get that recompensated? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And they covered everything? Yeah, they definitely did. They definitely okay. did. We and we charge for uh, the weed as well. Yeah. Charge for ozone machine. Like we charge all that. Yeah. 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 See, we tried charging the same as well. And Airbnb was not. Even pictures, I had security cameras. I had a video where they set off the fireworks. I got it still on my phone. I'm shot. And right in the middle of the street. And they weren't budging with us. It was crazy. Wow, wow. You know, that's why they say, um, you know, Airbnb has that that insurance, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'll say this. Don't ever 100% completely rely on insurance that doesn't, that doesn't have your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Any recommendations like for somebody if they went through, you know, obviously don't have your name, don't like cash a check before it actually comes. But what would you do if you were me in that situation and you didn't get paid out? Like, is there any tips or tricks that you would do you suggest for people that are kind of getting delayed or screwed over by the insurance part of it? Yeah. So the insurance part of it is always like the tricky part of what I would say is for sure. Make sure that you are protected the way you're supposed to be on the front end. Uh -huh. um, it's always a challenge with, with short-term insurance because they are, it's not cheap for one. Um, it's not cheap. They definitely are more expensive than like your traditional renter's policy, but you definitely need that general aggregate liability for short-term rentals. I mean, proper is like the number one company that people use for that. That's when, that's how, that way, when something major happens, then you're protected. I would also look into Wavo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wavo, but Wavo is actually W-A-I-V-O. I think it's Wavo.io, but Wavo is a sister company to Proper. And what they do is they protect you based on like just certain items. Like, I don't know if you guys are on VRBO as well, how you can yes. like everybody pays that extra $60 to get that third-party insurance. Yeah. Third-party insurance, same thing. It's like, that's what Wavo would cover. So okay. it's freaking breaks your couch, right? And smashes your dining table or something like that. Um, they're going to cover you for that. And then let proper cover like the big stuff, like somebody sets the kitchen on fire or something like that. Right. Yeah. So more so, I would just look at it as a learning lesson for sure. I'm not sure exactly how you, I'm sure you sent everything over for, to get everything kind of, um, to get paid and funded back through Airbnb. So what we do is we actually have, and you probably did, did this, but I, and a lot of times too, you also got to understand it's whoever you're talking to and how they that's, that's what we thought it was. It was something like, and maybe just how fast we were responding back to it. I don't know, but I just felt like maybe it wasn't the right person. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times it's also depend on the person, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times. So what we did was we had like a little, like an invoice, right? Yeah. Invoice that our cleaning crew gave to us. Yeah. It's an invoice with our cleaning crew logo at the top, and it listed out everything that they had to do to get that property back to where it needs to be. Ozone machine, this much amount per hour, how many hours? This this was the cost. Cleaning for this, clean, uh, smoke detection or cleaning for whatever, ash was whatever, this burnt, so we had to replace this, whatever. The sheets yeah. that, whatever. Listed all that and total it out. And 
like make it like it was paid. Like I showed like yeah. what we paid our cleaners invoice us this. This is the invoice shown paid. And then when we send that with pictures, with pictures corresponding to everything that we have listed on there, then that's how they paid us out. And that's what that's we good. But, you know, a lot of times, like we mentioned, sometimes it <laughs> depends on who you talk to as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It was a great learning curve for us, for sure. So <laughs> yep. talk to me about systems for a minute. You know, what systems do you kind of have in place and maybe even any type of software that you recommend that has been, you know, life changing to help systems flow a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you two things that you can do even at the very beginning of your journey that I think you should probably automate first to probably save you at least 70% of your time. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I'll say for one, your pricing, your pricing should be dynamic. Um, Airbnb really likes dynamic pricing. They don't like stagnant pricing. If your prices are just set it and forget it, then Airbnb kind of sees you as somebody who's not really that attentive, but they like attentive hosts. They like you to check your calendar. They like you to go on your calendar, update your prices. So what I used to do was when I first got started, I would just go on there just every two or three days. I would just go update my prices and Airbnb likes the lowest price. They always try to gonna get the property that has the lowest price book. That's part of the algorithm. So you have to kind of price a certain way to where you have a low price, but that's the price that just draws them in. And then, but you still have some other additional prices based on the day. Is it a weekend? Is it a weekday? How many people you might have a, a charge an additional amount for additional guests that way you can really make more money but your pricing instead of doing that manually and changing your prices every day definitely utilize dynamic pricing softwares like price labs like warehouse like beyond these are software that you can use they're api integrated to directly to airbnb or directly to any ota or your property management software and help you automate that process. So you set your minimum, you like, hey, no matter what's going on, you it will never go below this price. And, you yeah. set your, and then you let that price fluctuate based on your market, right? And based on the low and high seasons in your marketplace. And secondly, I would say automation guest communication, at least initially, right? That initial communication. Airbnb values the speed which a host responds, so much so that they actually rank you they say, hey, reply speed, right? Or, or mm. reply speed. Or rank, they rank your the speed of what, what, what the way you message. So you want to always make sure that that is at 100% because it helps your SEO. It helps you stay relevant and as high as possible on the search engine. So in order to do that, the best way to do it is to have an automated communication system, hospitable, formerly known as Smart B&B. Um, yeah. that they are one of the best to do it and now they are a full-scale property management system software now so but they have that system down packed to where you can actually use them to automate the triggers the way you reply to your guests so if a guest inquires about anything there's a message that should go out even if they just ask a question they should already be a message that goes out to say hey thank you so much for your question we're happy to host you on these days just to let you know we're going to answer your question in detail here shortly this is an automated message something even if it's something yeah. like that but just keeping that response rate at 100 percent. as soon as a booking call comes yeah it's the book that should be automatic message that has a uh, short codes attached to it should be replied in a, in a, yep. in a quick fashion when you approve, pre-approve somebody and they don't end up booking it, an automated message that goes out for that. When somebody cancels, an automated message to go out for that. For every single trigger, that's good message that goes out. That way, your response rate stays at hundred, giving your listing the best chance to stay as high on the search engine. That's good. You know what's funny? You know we always kept up with that, and Jen runs it. She should be doing this interview with you, honestly, because <laughs> it, make, it would be more sense, right? You guys are in the same space, but. 
So she runs that aspect of the business and she would always do manually. And I think our assistant just hooked that up a couple months ago. And man, it's, it's been like, it, it really cuts down. I'd probably say about 70, 80% right. of even just like right. any other questions that they have, yeah, because, exactly. because we have the automatic messages that answers everything. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we've been doing it long enough that we know the typical questions that are coming in. So we just put it in, in the, you know, the message and it, it goes out. Absolutely. So it's I so think, helpful. I think those two things right there will save you a whole lot of time, even at the very beginning. And then course, so good. other technology pieces that you can start adding, um, like your property management software. Of course, we, you need that. We use Hospitable. We use Guesty. Um, you know, there's Logify, there's uh, uh, your porter. Definitely do your research. Then, of course, there are other systems and other technology partners, but those are pretty much key. Sure. I love that. I love that. Talk to me about cleaners for a second, because me personally, I always felt like that's really the secret ingredient. If you don't have a good cleaner that can really be able to step up to the game, make sure that you're good, but also kind of tidy up and make sure that like there are boots on ground as well. You know, that has always helped us in the past. What are your feedback on cleaners? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your cleaners will make or break you. I think yeah. that's listening right now that uh, has done, even if you just have one unit, <laughs> you will yeah. dad your cleaners are the backbones of your business. Okay, so yeah. it's always interesting. You just want to make sure that a lot of times you may have to find that cleaner. And by finding that cleaner, you may have to go through a couple, a few, maybe quite a few. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. And that's okay, right? Sometimes it might take a little bit to find that cleaner that works for your business and your business model. Understand that certain cleaners also have to work with your culture. They also have to work with your business model and your business as well. That's um, good. Something to understand with cleaners, though, is if you are not setting your cleaners up for success, understand that it's not an if, it's when they start not performing, right? Yeah. You have to set them up for success as well. A lot of times, it's not that cleaners suck. If you notice, when you hire cleaners, they always start off amazing. Like they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna clean the heck out of your unit. Okay? They're gonna get that job. They're yeah, gonna, they're gonna get that job. They're gonna get that job. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Then they start kind of falling off. But you, the reality, honestly, is not that they suck. Right? It's not that they just started not knowing what they're doing. The fact is, is that they just got complacent. They got yeah. stuck. Right. They got comfortable. They yeah. like, what do I need start to cutting corners here and there. Cutting corners, right? Oh, I've looked at that. I've looked at that list numerous times. Oh, we 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 know what we're doing. I don't need to do it. I don't need to do a quality control check. We already, we good. And that tends to be what happened. Now, what you yeah. need to do as a host, as an investor, you need to keep a pulse in your business. If you're yeah. not meeting, if you're not meeting with your cleaning team, if you're not meeting with your cleaning staff consistently, going over reviews, going over what the, what people are saying in the reviews. Like if they say, listen to your reviews, they're yeah. to what you need to do, right? Go over your reviews, reward them for good reviews. Yeah. Reward good reviews, the bad reviews, address it, right? Set them up for success. Make sure they have the limits. Make sure they have um, the extra uh, uh, consumables that they need to make sure they do a job efficient, effectively. So a lot of times cleaners just get complacent, but a lot of times they get complacent because the host got complacent. Mm. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. Got it. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's all about leading, just like you're saying. But I think once you you get like your checklist, we even started setting up pictures of how we want certain things. And then our little secret ingredient after that is after every single like turnover, basically, after every single cleaning, we have an assistant that goes through and walks each property and verifies and takes notes and then gives the feedback right then and there. 
And so we don't even give them the opportunity or the chance to have, you know, cut corners and she'll mm-hmm. message them directly to let them know like, Hey, great job today. And they know that we're going to be, you know, walking through and checking it out, double checking it and that they'll be graded on it one way or the other. So I think that keeps them on their toes, but it's also like, it's a certain standard, a certain culture that we're trying to create here to make sure that we're all living up to excellence, make sure that we are over delivering. I like what you said though, too. Not enough people do this, I feel like, and I don't think we do it right now. So I'll, I'll be the first to admit it and not just throw other people under the bus, but I think the, you know, the reward concept, it's been lost, right? And I think if you're going to be a tough guy on some of the cleaners, you got to also, and, and just be, you know, straight up and transparency, you know, if there's going to be consequences, there should be rewards as well. Just like we do with our contractors, you know, there's got to be consequence. Well, there's got to be rewards too, to make sure that they're not just getting reprimanded on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, just last thing on the cleaners and just my, what you said just reminded me because truthfully, cleaners are a very high turnover business. Right? Yes. High turnover. I mean, it's crazy. You have to keep them bought in. You have to take care of these cleaners to keep them bought in. Part of that is, of course, yes, paying them well, but also growing with them, like make them feel like, look, when we do good, we all do good. Yeah. So as we get better, as we do good, we all do good. So when they get good reviews based on like, hey, place was spotless or good reviews and they just say nice things about the place and incentivize them, like that's going to keep them working hard for you. I'm telling you. That's (laughs) good. That's going to keep them loyal, right? It's going to keep them working hard and watch the retention rate go down because now they feel like, okay, as he grows, as he's scaling, right? That just mm-hmm. for me, man, more five-star reviews, man, more cleaning, more money, right? So instead of, I mean, that, you know, so you have to figure out creative ways. And I actually learned that from my guy, Kyle Stanley, by the way, part of the mastermind together. And Kyle, he's he's big on, he doesn't, the way he his pay structure, when he pays his team is, is definitely something that, that I learned from because- the way he pays, he doesn't just give a test like a, just a fixed uh, salary price. It's like, hey, look, we grow together. You get a percentage of this. And as we grow, you grow, right? As yeah. we make, you make money. And so he really keeps his team bought in. So I like to institute kind of a hybrid model of that, right? That's, that's good. So that's why, and, and, it's, and it's working out really good. It's working out. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about, though, is creating that win-win scenario and the, the team, you know? As you were saying, I, I remember that, you know, I have helped out in the past because we're in the credit space. So we've helped people clean credit, but also build up credit. And we we had our cleaner in the past about a year ago ask us more about, you know, credit stuff. So I, I actually just helped out, cleaned her credit and then started showing her ways how to build it up so that she could get some business lines of credit and so forth. So so there's little creative things that it's not always money. It's sometimes services that you could help out and benefit a gift card, something, you know, that could be good for you know, just rewarding, which I love. Absolutely. So TJ, talk to me more about this event. What can people anticipate, expect? Uh, How how can they get, how can they show up? How can they secure their seats, man? Yeah, yeah. So the Rentspreneur Summit is going down. Let's Um, go. App in rental-summit.com. I don't know. I'm putting it in this chat. I don't know if uh, the folks in the live chat or whoever will will get it, but rental-summit.com. Definitely grab your tickets. And right now, if you use this code right here, say 50, you will get 50% off general emissions. Literally for nothing. You can come tap Let's go. You see the lineup of these speakers. I just want people to come get this value, man. Like the fact that this amount of speakers and this powerhouse, the amount of experience, the amount of knowledge um, is coming all under one roof to add and take value for this event. 
is insane. These are the rooms you want to be in. I keep telling people, understand yeah. that there's a lot going on, the economy shifting. There's a lot of conversations happening right now. What are the greats doing? How are they pivoting? What are people doing right now to not only just you know survive what's coming, but thrive, literally yes. get wealthy? What are, they, what are we doing? So you want to be in these rooms. You want to be in these conversations. This is why I'm really excited about the Entrepreneur Summit. We're going to be talking a lot about the short-term rental space heavily, but we're going to be covering real estate in general as a gambit because at the end of the day, we need a lot more notches in our tool belt. We need a lot more weapons at our disposal to take advantage of multiple scenarios, right? If a property doesn't have equity, can you still run the play on that property? Yeah make money from that property, right? What if you want to exit with short-term rentals, right? What are things that people are doing right now, pivoting to make things happen and scale and grow their business? Of course, we're going to be covering arbitrage and heavy. We're going to cover co-hosting. Uh, we'll have all kind of little, the best of the best in the short-term rental game. They're coming to speak. They're excited. And I'm excited for the amount of impact that this event will have. The Rentspreneur Summit Save 50 is a discount code, which will you'll be able to come for less than 100 bucks. I don't even know what else to tell you. <laughs> come on. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, yeah. TJ, man, you are you are pumping me up right here. I'm getting excited about it. it. It's honestly like this is the season, guys. Honestly, there's no excuses on it. This is the season. In all types of recessions, this is the time to be able to make money. And we just jumped into it. But honestly, like, in the next six months to you know another year or two after that is when it's really going to start heating up. There's going to be opportunities galore. This yeah. is the time that you want to start doubling down on exactly your education, your circle of influence, your, your community, right? So there's not a better place in the world, but to actually like to get your best ROI is to invest in yourself, to show up to something like this and to be able to really soak up the knowledge and the network to be able to pull you up to that next level and punch through the ceiling. So Man, I can't believe it. So for all listeners here for Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, you guys heard it first. You get to save 50% right now. So check out www.rental-summit.com. You definitely want to be a part about. It's going to be August 19th and 20th in Houston. All right, yep. No-brainer. No-brainer. Pull up, pull up. I love it. Cool, man. So tell me, like, I'm excited for this, but what does the future hold for you? What do you got in store for the future before we get out of here? Well, you know, business-wise, our business has changed, right? We've pivoted strategies in a sense yeah. of the type of asset class that we're going after. In my experience, I realized that I want multiple doors in one location, multiple yeah. in one central location. And so that's why we started a boutique hotel brand. And so now I was on a hunt, right? I was looking for old hotels, old boutique hotel models that I could buy, rehab, and run it, run them as hotels, right? As they are in old motels and put a mom and pop. But I found that they were hard to come by and not a lot of markets have them and they're hard to come by. Right? Sure. Yeah. Learned that even the lending, the type of funding that's available for properties that are designated as hotels was very different and not as favorable as like a uh, traditional real estate. Pro uh, sure. I said, so I said, you know what? Okay. What if I just targeted apartment complexes and just ran them as hotels? I mean, I would own it. Who would stop me from renting them? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I started. Once so I, I cash out refi, what, what are they going to do then? You know, well, so, I'm making so, the payments exactly. every month. Exactly. Exactly. So then I started getting into the weeds of the strategy. I started realizing how to purchase these assets, still leveraging OPM, still leveraging other people's money, still able to stabilize the property, still able to satisfy the lender's stability terms and still be yeah. able to cash out, refinance or refinance or whatever level rate and term. 
So I my buy box changed. So now I'm looking for medium-sized multifamily assets, really 15, but I'll go as low as 12. I'll say 12 doors all the way to 50 doors. These are the kind of properties we're looking for. If whether it's value add or turnkey, we would love these assets. We're buying them. We'll buy them, we'll rehab them, make them beautiful, and then reposition them and run them as hotels. So something that I'm super excited about. And any locations in general that you're looking for so that me or the listeners can keep an eye out for you? Yeah, yeah. So I'll say Texas for sure. The yeah. Texas for sure, Florida. We're looking to have tapped in the Miami market, open Orlando as well. And as well as I'll say Arizona, markets in Arizona for sure. So I sure. those states right there for sure. But we're definitely open. We're definitely open to, you know, we're running numbers. We'll do the research. We'll see, you know, what the ordinance is in that particular area yeah. or what kind of zonage we need. And and we'll see if we can run a play. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. I love it. Well, bro, I appreciate you so much for just your energy, for your knowledge, for really being able to dig out an hour of your day to be able to soak up and share with all the listeners. I know I got a bunch of notes right here. I'm excited to go back through later. And man, it just, it truly means the world to me. So because you just gave all your time, is there anything that I personally can do or even the listeners can do to give back to you? Oh, shit. Well, listen, just tap in with me. Follow me. Okay. At TJ to Johnny. That's at TJ T-I-J-A-N-I. Just tap in with your boy. Follow me and go sleep. Grab your tickets to, to the Rentspreneur Summit. Matter of fact, if you can't even make it to H-Town, grab a virtual ticket. Or just yeah. To that. yeah, and don't sleep on it. It's 50% off. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. So at www.rental-summit.com, lock in with TJ. It's going to be sick. I'm really excited for it. So once again, bro, I appreciate you greatly. If you want to connect out with me, then check out on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you are looking for credit repair done for you services, check out creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're really looking to learn, get educated, learn how to fix credit yourself, and then be able to build up several six figures, even up to seven figures in funding, and then be able to leverage it, put it to work, travel hack, and uh, any goals and dreams that acquire funding for it. If that was ever an issue, it's no longer an issue because we are showing you how to flip the script on these banks and getting all the funding that you deserve. Check out www.creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. And uh, as always, you guys heard it here first on the podcast. So make sure you share some love and hit that subscribe button on Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love, all the shares, and keep showing up. So appreciate you greatly. TJ, you are the man. I will see you next time. You guys stay blessed. Peace. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.